So you want to learn to understand your pain. And more importantly, should you train through pain? Should you pain through train? You shouldn't do that. Well, we're going to go deep into that. And we are actually going to be talking a lot about my experiences. Phil's going to be putting me in the hot seat. And I'm going to tell you all about my experience with pain and what I think about training through it. All that and more coming up. Hi everyone, in case we haven't met, my name's Rad Burmeister and I am back for my triumphant return. I am the co-founder of Unity Gym and the co-creator of the UMS, the Unified Movement System, where we take driven people and turn them into superhumans. Now, if you want to know how we get such amazing results with our members, we've got three ways that you can learn. You can grab our flexibility blueprint, our strength blueprint, or our nutrition blueprint. They're free downloads. There's a link in the description for all of them in this video. Now, as always, well, not as always, because I've been here for a while, but today I'm, I'm joined. Here. Yeah, Phil's always here. He's I'm not going here. anywhere. Hey, you doing, I'm Phil? on the wrong side. You're on the wrong like, side. No, mate, around, this is I'm... my good side. Yeah, this is Rad's good yeah, side. This is my good side. Uh, I don't look as good from that Yanni's side. Have good. a look. Have a look. Yanni's, See that? Yep. Yeah, yeah, you're right. See, I look better. <laughs> I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah, Yanni's had me on the other side. Now I'm all out of sorts. I yeah. don't know what's going on. I don't do my hands. <laughs> it's all very confusing. But excited to continue with this topic. I think it's a yeah, such an important one. And yeah, at if we didn't hit stop on the recording, I'd be here talking about it all day. So, yep. yep. Ken. Morning, uh, Kumaran. Thanks for tuning in, brother. And uh, for those of you that are watching, please smash that like button. Just smash yeah, it. Smash it. And uh, the, uh, one cool thing that I've set up on the podcast, which if you are not aware that we have a podcast, then you should be by now because we've been spamming it everywhere. <laughs> uh, one cool thing that I set up is that on doesn't matter which platform you look at, if you go to the bottom of the description of the podcast, it has a send-in voice message option where that will take you to Anchor, which is the people who I host my uh, the podcast through. And what it, it opens up a screen and you just record a little question or a comment or anything um, into like through your mic and that will send us a question and we can you know answer you and integrate mm. it into the podcast so getting techie here technology yeah free connection so get on it <coughs> like it and reviewing it would make such a big difference to us so and uh, we've got some really exciting news is that um, Phil's laptop shat itself how exciting is that? Yeah. No, and it forced him to go out and get a new laptop and he's going to be opening it after this show and I'm looking forward to it yeah. um, because he went with my advice on getting a, a brand yeah. of laptop so that I trust. we can do trust. an unboxing if, if yeah. it's Yeah, we could, yeah, we probably should, shouldn't we? <laughs> uh, no, look, I'm going I'm to tell you now real quick because if you don't stay to the end of this show, if you don't know, we have got two of the most amazing workshops coming up. Uh, March the 14th, we've got my flexibility coach, the guy that trains me how to be flexible and how to do end range strength. He's coming to Unity Gym for a half day workshop Saturday, March the 14th. His name's Joachim Hilderson. You can check him out on Instagram, Hilderson Joachim. It's coming, at. He's coming from where? He's coming from Belgium, all the way from the other side of the world. If you uh, if you want to know anything about that, go to our Instagram page. It's advertised on there. And on <coughs> excuse me, Saturday, March the 21st and March the 22nd, we have the beasts, the one, the only. Fitness FAQs, aka or Daniel Vadnell, aka Fitness FAQs, and Simon Atta, aka Simonster Strength, two of the country and the world's best calisthenics practitioners, also trained and physiotherapists. physiotherapists. Yeah, so I'm really excited to have a yeah. chat with them about. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. and they're doing a two-day bodyweight blueprint workshop at Unity Gym. It's going to be unbelievable. Uh, you can get the early bird rate, 20% discount if you buy your tickets now. But those are those are going to be two of the best workshops you are going to get the opportunity to do in 2020, guaranteed. So if you're in around the Sydney area, even Wollongong Central Coast, um, get your butt down here for it. 
Yeah. Uh, on the topic of AKA, uh, yesterday there was once again um, Yanni calling me Doctor Phil, which is a common occurrence. Uh, the uh, the our, real Doctor Phil, our viewer Doctor <laughs> Phil, who, uh, who often tunes in with um, and has comments. He he was saying like, oh, you know, embrace your Doctor Phil name. Uh, he himself has a PhD in laser physics, which I think is badass. So shout out to Doctor Phil. You're, yeah, uh, crushing it, but. Just to clear it up. I did a doctor of physiotherapy, not a PhD. So I'm a doctor of physiotherapy, but I am not Dr. Phil. Yeah, it's a it's a, it's <laughs> it's actually a real joke. Phil has made a <laughs> Phil has made a massive point of pulling Yanni and me up, and he goes, "Oh no no no, yeah. I'm actually not uh, a doctor, so you can't say that." And, and I, you the can't actually. I, the reason I feel so strongly about this is because I've seen what it, like my sister did a PhD, and a bunch of my friends did them, and I can see just like the intense amount of cooking and, and like you give up your life to do that and it's 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 massive and you know and same with like my partner's a, a doctor and she did an MD and like that also is just like an insane undertaking so I don't take on the yeah. name of doctor as a like as out of respect for the people who have put in the work to 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 get that title and the real yeah like so we we can't call Phil Dr. Phil that doesn't mean <laughs> I'm going to stop doing it at all and it doesn't mean Yanni's going to stop doing yeah, it so yeah. uh, but just, just you know just to clear it up yeah, once clear it up. for all <laughs> alright let's get into the topic of the day Phil what are we talking about uh, yeah I thought um, today would be a really good time to talk about uh, whether or not you should be training through pain uh, because it's such a, a key thing for I think especially for our viewers who you know are really like if you're sitting here and you're watching a YouTube video or you're listening to our podcast hear that we have a podcast um, <laughs> if you're that keen on your podcast, your podcast. Uh, exercise to follow a, a gym's channel who are talking about pain I think that it's quite likely that um, you've had this you've come across this before where you've tried to decide like oh pretty injured at the moment should I be training through pain is it a good idea um, or should I just just rest and, and wait for it to to get better on its own so. Uh, yeah, I thought that was, would be a really good place to go. And then tomorrow we're finishing off this series with um, some tactics that you can use to uh, get through any amount of pain you're in to get back to training, which is like the, the latest in, in pain science rehab. And if you go to hospital with chronic pain, this is the sort of stuff they teach you. So uh, we'll go through the kind of outline of that tomorrow to give you a bit of information about that. And um, yeah, if you have any more questions about that after we're done, then you can us up and we'll put you in the right direction. Sorry, I've got one thing. This is going to sound really funny, but I forgot to do this. Yanni, yeah. can you please uh, call Carsten and tell him that he needs to come earlier? I forgot to do that. Perfect. Okay. Sorry, we've got a meeting coming up that we had to move and it's going to be done straight after this show. So I just had yeah. to tell Yanni. All right, Phil, let's um, go. Yeah, I've also just noticed that I think this is my good side, having just checked the video. So I'm See, it's not just no. you that I'm, um, it's not just me that I'm looking out for we're, here, buddy. We're so, so compatible. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I thought uh, what would be a good way to start started off with is, you know, the Burmeisters seem to have a bit of a knack for injuring themselves. So maybe, um, <laughs> like, you know, we've talked about your acrobatic foot um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. pains in the in the past. But, you know, if you think about both of these guys who have injured themselves so much, but uh, now, at, you know, the ripe old age of 40, are you 41 41, now? and Jeez. 42 yeah. this year. Yeah. Jesus. So I think it's a, um, such a I'm testament. Pretty good to, looking for 42, aren't I? <laughs> only on that side. Uh, <laughs> it's such a testament to how... Um, you know, committed to the journey that, that Rad is, that he's able to have all these injuries and now he's in, you know, better, f- like, athletic performance level uh, than I've ever been. Than ever, for sure, ever without and, a doubt. And that only comes through hitting these injury roadblocks, having, you know, making kind of mistakes, learning from them and training through pain. So, yep. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I've, uh, you know, somebody that I've had a lot of discussion with because it's somebody that's been close to me for 25 years now, no, 
oh man, 28 years now, um, who's had just as much experience with pain and injury um, is good friend Aaron McKenzie, who is uh, on Instagram, Origin of Energy. He is he the is owner incredible. and founder of Origin of Energy. Great friend and an extremely talented and knowledgeable person who has so much skin in the game. And uh, we've talked about it a lot. And um, our belief is that our injuries are an amazing window into our bodies and an opportunity to learn. It's a, Whenever you get an injury, it's just an amazing opportunity to learn about yourself. And I think that the first thing that I'll say is that so many people unfortunately use um, an injury as an opportunity to really uh, level down, you know, to, to you know, uh, create that identity, you know, injury identity, pain identity, and, and start, you know, developing this really negative mindset. And I've just never, never yeah, done that. And I just challenge that word of using it as an opportunity to say that, like, it's, you know, if, if it was up to them, I'm sure that they would love to be, you know, of overcoming course. these things and, and, and finding ways of getting through it. But it's a really challenging thing to figure it out when you're injured in your sore, you don't know what's kind of going on. And then maybe you go and have some interactions with health professionals where uh, they're saying, oh, you'll never be able to do this again, you'll never be able to do that again. And you have those, um, I've talked a lot about the science of the how the thoughts, moods and beliefs that you experience, um, that you have in your brain can impact how much pain you feel in your, and, and it's just such a key thing to understand that it's, you know, it's all these kind of subconscious uh, psychological barriers that end up sending people down these downward spirals. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I, I, I have well. to, look, I have to, um, I guess I should say first off, I've been told more times than I can remember in my life by many, many different people that I need to tone it down the way that I talk and that sometimes I can put people off. Uh, so I was going to say I apologize for that, but I don't no, really I, because yeah, it's, it's I, who I, I am and it's, it's I, the... I don't mean to like... Uh, I guess say what you said is wrong at all. I just um, it happened with with Yanni yesterday, where no, it, uh, there are just certain words that I, that, I get that add to this sort of no, this I get it. Subject, I get it. and I think it's just worth bringing up the kind of semantics and how those little things can play like impact it. So, and I guess that's what I was trying to get to because what I mean is, if if I was to say it from the from the other perspective, is when I get injured, I never ever ever use any language even in my head that would associate myself with being uh, with having a disability that would prevent me from training and of course i'm not talking about permanent disabilities i'm talking about in my mind like i remember so we'll talk about my foot okay so i'm 41 20 years ago i'm pretty sure i was 20 okay so i got the surgery in 1999 because in the the new millennium the turnover new year's eve i was in the plaster cast so that's how i always remember when i had it so it was 1999 so that's 21 years ago um, and I remember I went to three orthopedic surgeons because it was a work injury. I was doing acrobatics at, at, at my work. I was a performer, a stuntman. And, um, and I went to three orthopedic surgeons. And the first two gave me this really bleak outlook on my future. They were telling me, you know, you're never going to do this again and you're going to have arthritis by the time you're 30 and blah, 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 blah. And in my mind, I remember, I'll never forget it. I was just looking at them and in my mind, I was just saying, fuck you, I'm going to get arthritis and piss off. I'm not going to be able to do this, this and this. And I just walked out of their office saying, I don't want anything to do with you, mate. And it was the third orthopedic surgeon that I went to that was had a really friendly demeanor about him. And he was telling me, listen, statistically, this is what the data says, but people also do this, this and this. And in my mind, I didn't care what anybody was telling me. I was like, 
that is not me. I am not that guy. I am not going to be the person that at age 21 can't do the things that I love. So tell me what you're going to do and then to fix it and I'll tell you what I'm going to do to get over it. So I guess that's what I mean. And a lot of people, unfortunately, don't develop that mentality. Yeah, absolutely. And I just, yeah, like to kind of like just hone in on those little those little differences where mm. yeah your your use of your own self-talk and language and your own kind of inner communication is is so key there but so many people don't have that and it's something that you can be aware of and you can change and if you critical look, yeah and if you critical. look back on uh last week's talk with yanni and i think one especially with scott where they're talking about tactics of you know changing that those voices in your head and that story that you tell yourself this is a really practical and and, and such a useful application here um but yeah it was one that i got Pretty interested last night when I was talking to my partner, as I just said, she's a she's a doctor and she's in uh, the emergency department. And I was sort of talking about, you know, I was really enjoying. I love talking about pain science, and uh, she was sort of asking me what we were talking about in the episode. And she's saying, "Oh man, it's just so hard when you get someone in there and they're in like extreme pain. They've just had a really like severe injury, and like you know, all you can really do for them is just like give them pain medication to." Uh, I guess help them in that uh, in that time, and if you start talking about how you got to have a positive outlook and a positive mm-hmm. mindset, then people like a vast majority of people will, or like a certain majority of people will just get really frustrated at you and tell yeah. you to bugger off. But I think that's something that really ideally should change over time. Where um, as part of that frontline care, if you're giving people this you know positive message, this like communication of hey, there's you know this isn't a this isn't it for you. Like you, there are there is so much you can do. This the pain medication is really important at the moment. Pain is definitely related. <coughs> the amount of damage or you know the stimulus that you're getting from your body is like having a a appropriate pain response. Like very normal for now. Pain medication just to get you through it is a good idea. But to avoid things like the opioid epidemic that's massive in the the US and not quite as bad here, but I think it's still pretty bad. Uh, you know, if you if doctors are being able to give people those messages early on that you know that the thing that will help long-term is getting back to your regular activities, getting into exercise, um, all the, you know, nutrition, sleep, stress, everything we've talked about in the last couple of episodes, um, then I think that would just be so powerful to have that, that message of hope from the, and, and the locus of control being within the patient from the get-go rather like, Ooh, here you go. This must be bad. (laughs) And then we better do all these scans and send you off to to specialists. Like there's just, it's really, it's, it's really unfortunate as well because, you know, somebody like, you know, all of us here that are in this room, I'm looking at Yanni, Richard, Phil and me, we, we've all taken an active interest in trying to learn about the body and how, how the body works and, and try to understand our own bodies and how can we make ourselves better. And, um, you know, for so many people, they, they just don't take that interest at all. For whatever reason, you know, the things that they fall into in life, they, there's just no focus on, you know, how to better this fit, physical body. And, and, and so often at a gym, you know, we get people that come in when they're finally ready because they're in this pain and discomfort or they've put on weight or whatever, and they just know nothing about it and they're coming yeah. to you for answers. And, and like to go from that point to, to, to even close to where we are, it's such a big, uh, it's such a change yeah. that, you know, people are so used to this idea that if something's wrong with their body, they go to somebody else, like a doctor, to get fixed. It's the, it's not me that has to fix it. Yeah, it's or a chiro or a physio. Or, yeah, whatever it is. Yeah, stuff. yeah. I need, oh, well, I'm, I'm in pain. I've got to go and see somebody. And, um, yeah, I, yeah, I I'm and a, it's, it's, it's a cultural shift, and these things take a long time. And there's a kind of classic, uh, especially in, in, you know, medical scientific <laughs> research, there's, it's a 14-year lag period between, like, generally when things are, yeah, you know, well. uh, when study comes out to when it's actually implemented. And you can see how long it would take to have this sort of change in a, you know, when you've got kind of 
like doctors and physios and people who have been doing this, the job for 30 years and have treated things in a certain way um, to have this change, it really, you know, challenges their own identity of like what they can do for do for people. And, and it's, it's you're not going to, it's going to, I think, be more it's of a generation. generations. Yeah. I was just about to say that. Yeah. It's going to, we're generations like, away from, from this kind of yeah, thing and I think really like being accepted. It's something that they uh, so heavily emphasised in our, in our degree. And like it was, you know, in our first league, uh, our first week was, um, looking at these six core concepts of pain, and that was like, welcome to physio. Here's six core concepts of pain, yeah, and wow. that's how. And then it was integrated uh, into every subject we did. Mm-hmm. So I think that yeah, it will be a generational within our. And I know our degree was particularly keen on it more so than other degrees, maybe. Yeah. So yeah, I think it'll be a sort of slow shift, but it's. I think it's in future, I think in future generations, this kind of motion is lotion type of uh, thing is going to be f- understood by far more people. I think. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think like definitely the motion is lotion, but also all the other factors that you have control over yourself. So your sleep, your like your stress, your uh, that you can you know influence via meditation or whatever other sort of stress relief activities that you find. And exercise is obviously really good for mm. for stress. Your sleep, your nutrition, like all of these things have such a huge impact on it, um, and they're all controllable by the mm. patient or the person. So. So should we talk about training through pain? Um, no, I just like no? riffing on this stuff. You know, I just <laughs> get all worked up and excited and I just don't want to stop. So, um, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess so. What did you do when you busted your foot? Um, there's that word busted, hey? Yeah, so I went, I, went to, I went to one physiotherapy session and I knew nothing back then. Like I was a martial artist and I knew nothing about the body except what I'd learned with martial arts and through my own experience. And the physio gave me a couple of exercises, but... Uh, in all honesty, um, I, I, I remember the exercises they showed me and I was like, oh man, this is just so dicky, I'm not doing this. But the one thing that they taught me that I had no idea about was um, they taught me the idea about uh, proprioception and a, a good uh, physio exercise is to stand on one foot and think of your foot gripping the floor and close your eyes so that you remove the horizon from your ability to balance and you rely more on proprioception. Like the soul crunch that we talked about? The soul back. crunch, the soul <laughs> crunch, yeah. For those and, uh, long-time listeners. And, yeah. <laughs> and that made sense to me, that that resonated with yeah. me, but everything else that they were telling me to do, I, I don't know, it just didn't, it didn't resonate with me. And so, and also I was actually working with a really um, sort of left field um, healer, you'd, you'd call Crystals? her. Honestly, almost in that field. Like when I, when I went and had a couple of treatments with her, you know, she was healing me with her energy and things like that. And, but what she taught me was, I'm not even going to go into what the science might, might say does or doesn't work, but what she instilled in me was that I can heal myself with my own thoughts and my own belief. And so the one thing that she taught me to do, which I was doing daily, was uh, meditation where I I would put my hands on my foot and I would close my eyes and in my mind I would believe that my foot was healing. And it it created this belief in me that I was getting better and I was was doing this meditation a couple of times a day and I was doing these um, standing, uh, you know, exercises where I had my eyes closed. And then beyond that, I was just kind of doing some basic Fu movements like from Tai Chi, which where I would only bend my knee to maybe, uh, you know, maybe about 30 degrees of flexion. And I went back to my surgeon after a month and he said, okay, so how's the physio going? And I went, oh, I only went once. And he went, okay, we'll, we'll do a couple of these tests. And I did these tests and he said, man, I haven't seen anyone 
have that recovery after six months and you've had it after a month. He said, off the record, I'd advise you not to go to physio anymore because I've never seen anybody get such a good result. So so um, my, you asked me, how, what did I do? How did I do with it? That's what I did. And I got an amazing uh, result from it. And, and, and I can say that the biggest thing that I can pass on to anybody was I just had this fierce belief that I was going to get better. Yeah. And so you can see how like, you can package things, package a message in different sort of ways, but it's still that same underlying message there that, you know, she was instilling you that there's, you know, there's like a positive, Absolutely. Pro- like a positive mindset, a positive Absolutely. approach, like all of these things do have a massive impact on, uh, I guess, your pain experience. Now, I can't talk to whether or not that made things like heal themselves, like tissue, um, tissue, like if it made it heal faster. So in terms of tissue healing times, there's sort of pretty fair guidelines on how long it takes for a muscle to um, uh, kind of repair from different grades and how long it takes for, you know, ligaments and bones and cartilage to um, <laughs> to heal over time. So I can't speak to whether or not, you know, think giving your mm. foot brain messages um, yeah. will make things heal quicker. But certainly um, the, like the way you experience pain can be positively, like change from, from how you're thinking about things. And the other interesting thing about um, uh, strength that I've talked about before is uh, your strength is partly how... Um, I guess strong the muscle fibers are and how big they are and um, the 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 so with all the muscle fibers you have in your quad for example there you know you if you can do 150 kilo squat now you could probably actually do a 300 kilo squat if you were able to activate all of those muscle fibers all at once but we have neural drive which really puts the brakes on how much strength we can access at any one time um, and when you have an injury often your sort of access to that neural drive is really inhibited by your brain so you don't um, do strong contractions through uh, areas that are, you know, sort of in, injured or, or have some have some damage there. So uh, one thing which in my sports science degree we did was um, imaginary training and looking at the um, we were talking about imaginary training and how they're using that for bedridden people to maintain muscle mass and mm-hmm. and strength. Mm-hmm. And so one thing that you're doing when you're you're thinking about your foot and you're, you're practicing those movements and, and thinking about you know all the things that you want to be doing is actually sending that kind of signal <laughs> down there to access that strength which would otherwise be atrophying so if you mm-hmm. just stayed in a boot and you forgot about your foot and you didn't yeah, think about it for yeah, a long time sure. then you'd really lose the ability to switch on those things that you know you'd otherwise be switching on so yeah. i think just to try and give an example of how you know he saw someone who maybe i like it wouldn't be who i'd recommend to go and see first up but you can see how the information and the the tactics that they um and that they gave uh rad was just so much more powerful than uh, what the physio gave, which was something that didn't resonate with him, didn't um, excite him, didn't, and he didn't engage with, because it's something they're really pushing us now with physio is like it's all well and good to you know have in your own mind like what will make this person better, and like you can tell them and be all high and mighty, but if they go away and don't do it, then that's on you. That's not on them. Yeah. Like that's on you as a physio to figure out what this person needs to see, be able to engage. See, if we talk uh, about a much more recent injury, which was my um, slap tear. Um, it was you that I was speaking to all the time and you absolutely motivated me to do the right things and, and did, I, did I train through pain? Absolutely. I mean, my arm, uh, at its worst, I couldn't lift it past here and you were talking to me about the idea of training through the range of motion that I can um, train through comfortably and week by week just trying to increase that range of motion. Uh, and that, um, as in increase the range of motion that I was developing strength in. Um, and that was massive for me. That gave me a real, you know, um, a real understanding of, of the way that I should be uh, training. And, and I was absolutely, you know, I'd, I'd come into 
workouts, you know, feeling like, oh, this is really sore and this is painful. Um, but I, I wouldn't be like, oh, fuck, I'm, I'm just going to yeah. go for it, you know. And the one or two times that I did that was when I regressed, you know, yeah. when I when I went, oh, stuff this, I'm, I'm just going to go and see how I go. And I just regressed. And that's one of the, the really, um, so talking some tactics here about how you can train through pain. And that's one of the big ones that I want to talk to about today, which is that training through your available range. And so what that means is, you know, if you've got a shoulder that when you get above your head, you get that kind of pinching sort of feeling and it's really sore whenever you do anything overhead. But when you're down here, you get no symptoms whatsoever. And, you know, like if you are able to even, you know, lift weights and, and, and put a lot of force through there, body weight even, going into a dip position, loading up that shoulder. Then for most injuries, again, this is you know general advice, so please don't take this as medical advice and see a professional. But it's something you can talk to about with the professional that you see, is that it's, it's often a really good idea to be training through that available raise, uh, range because you can be strengthening up those structures, as I've talked about so much before, with all your joints, you have active structures that support the joint and passive structures that support the joint. And if you just leave that shoulder there, you know, and don't ever do anything with it, like for six weeks until you, you know, you've suddenly ticked off the like tissue healing time. You're going to have these structures that it is not oh, ready man. to prepare, uh, are not prepared for movement. So yeah, and I've and I have learned through so many experiences that that uh, that has just never worked for me. That approach, that just yeah. just sit down and do nothing because you know the inflammation goes down and you start to feel like oh wow this feels better, but then you 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 try to use that joint and it's like it's, it's, it, not it's prepared worse for it. off. Yeah, yeah like <laughs> worse. Off. Yeah, so the, that capacity and load that I often talk about, capacity being how much that tissue is able to do before it, uh, I guess, gets an, it gets an injury, and then the load is how much you're putting on it. So I think about it as a bucket is your capacity, and the load is how much water you're turning on at the tap. Like if you've just uh, spent six weeks keeping that shoulder immobilized and the sling is the worst, is like after, that some people do after certain injuries, uh, then you've just turned the tap right off. And so that bucket starts to shrink to accommodate to how much load you're putting through it. Um, and that will definitely change depending on how old you are as well. The older you are, the quicker it shrinks and the smaller it kind of goes. Um, and if you don't do anything and then you suddenly, you're like six weeks, you're like, bang, I'm ready. I'm like <laughs> ready to go. Then you've got this tiny little bucket. And then if you try and, you know, do what you used to be able to do, you're going to be turning on that tap. It's overflowing. You're going to cause more injuries. So um, I think it's so key to understand that you can be um, training uh in your available range, getting that strength, and that's going to keep that bucket. It's going to keep that capacity at a level that when you come back out from um, uh, from the sling and that kind of being immobilized, and or or you're able to then access these sort of ranges of motion, that you're going to have this capacity that can deal, like that can start you off so much higher than you were with if you didn't. Yeah, and you know, I think that that is uh, this is where a lot of people really don't understand what to do with coming back from an injury because even someone with my experience of being a, a trainer for um, 16 years and having trained myself for my whole life really. When I, um, the, in, the, the big injuries that I've had, the meniscus tear and the um, slap tear, uh, both of those, I needed to speak to you about what that meant. What, how should I be dealing with this? How should I be training with this? And I, there's no way that I would have been able to, in all honesty, I didn't have a resource like this. I didn't have a great YouTube channel where people talk about things like this. Um, and the stuff that I found on YouTube, nothing was really giving me the answers that I needed. But, uh, you know, I think if you've, if you've got that, um, an injury and you understand these concepts, you, you still need to speak to somebody that really knows what they're talking about. And that's what I really, about. like, 
hope for with these videos is giving you ideas of things that you can talk to, like questions that you can <coughs> ask when you go in and see if, like a physio or anyone else that you see is that, you know, often when you go and you don't know what to ask, you don't get the information you need. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, like, yeah, that's exactly right. Like some yeah. lots of physios or doctors or whatever won't expect that you're doing really cool calisthenic stuff or whatever. Yeah. So they often think about the kind of, you know, generic Joe Blow, like, person who you know may not be engaged in exercise may not and if they don't ask questions about it then they won't know that you want to be able to do like a you know a tuck planche in yep. uh, eight weeks so yep. <laughs> like you yep. that i'm hoping that i can give you the questions here that you should be asking like you know when you're seeing that professional getting that specific um diagnosis and um or you know getting a good idea of what's going on talk to them about hey you know what can i do is it you know can i be training through because yeah i think one thing we should talk about now is also uh general things that where it's appropriate to be training through pain and some things like your meniscus that we talked about um, that you just briefly mentioned that uh, is a, often one where pain's a really useful sort of feedback yep. mechanism. So um, with something like a, a generally a cartilage injuries like um, a meniscus where it's an acute one, different to arthritis, um, an acute meniscus injury, then pain's a really good indicator of uh, when to back it off and then, you know, reduce the range and often you can find a pain-free range that you can still mm -hmm. uh, train through. Mm -hmm. Whereas something like a tendinopathy, which is what Richie's been dealing with for a little while on his knee, so same joint, different issues. Uh, the tendinopathies, which I'll be going into next week, I think we're doing, um, it's all about training through pain. Like, you mm. got to do it. <laughs> yeah. We're looking for pain. If you're not training through pain, you're not training hard enough. So yeah. uh, for, for almost all cases. So, yep. yeah, I think it's a, um, a really good example of just how different um these approaches like yeah 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 for sure absolutely look good stuff guys and hopefully as always hopefully it's going to um spark some thought for those of you that are watching so that you can you know start to ask some better questions about what's going on uh in your experience yeah. and just the one like last two little things i just want to mention before we do get onto the questions and wrap this up is there are um i didn't mention the imaginary training before which i think is a really interesting thing and if you are going to go into for a surgery or you're about to spend a lot of time where you're um unable to do anything uh then imaginary training for strength maintenance is actually a thing and it's super cool uh that has been shown to have really positive effects on both muscle size and strength. So uh, the, the bare basics of it comes down to is you're imagining you're, you're doing the training. So you're imagining you're doing those squats. You try and get the most kind of into it as you can. So you sit there and you think you're trying to imagine like the sounds, the smells, the feelings, like, you know, imagining the smells of a gym isn't always a great experience, but, uh, you know, you really want to be in there and that increases the amount of neural drive that you'll send to that area and as i said before that neural drive is often like is the biggest thing that contributes to uh how much strength strength you can access so uh i think i've talked before about neuroplasticity and neural drive about kind of being a river thinking about how much water you're sending down that river so if you just spend that time bedridden uh that water goes down to like a little creek but if you're imagining you're doing that like actually treating it like you're in the gym sets reps like you can maintain that neural drive, you can increase your neuroplasticity to keep you stronger. Uh, and the last thing that I want to talk about is uh, contralateral training, which is a really neat thing, which we had to do a study in uh, my sports science degree where we had to uh, do bicep curls on both arms. I didn't get very high in either. Um, but then we had to train your uh, non-dominant arm for six weeks, just doing bicep curls on the left side. And so we, we looked at the um, strength and also the size um, before and after. And we did six weeks of left arm bicep curls and then retested um, the right and the left arm. And 
uh, you actually got stronger on your right arm if you were fairly if you had a fairly low training age. You'd get considerably stronger on your right arm that you didn't do anything for six weeks because when you are with this neural drive that I've been talking about, it goes uh, bilaterally. So that means it comes down through your spinal cord and goes down into both sides, even if you're only training one side. So if you've got a time where you've broken an arm, uh, you know you're in a cast, whatever. Like train that other arm, and you'll maintain so much more strength. Mm. And I think you know I've had a lot of people over the over the decades that I've been training when they kind of like they they're ticking so many boxes, but they're still not getting better. When they go, you know, I'm turning up to the gym daily, and I'm training for an hour, and I'm doing this, but I'm not getting better. And I've said, in my own opinion and my own observation. I've said, you're not walking out of the gym and thinking about what you're doing enough. I think you're, you're walking out of the gym and your mind is just switching off. For me, at the end of every training session, there's a period of time where I'm reflecting on what I've done and I'm thinking, oh man, you know what? Like I really didn't hit that set good enough. I should have done this. I should have done that. And my mind is thinking about how can I get better at what I just did. And that's something that just came naturally to me from back in my martial arts days when I, I'd, I'd watch videos of Jet Li and whatever and I'd be in my mind thinking about how can I kick like this and how can yeah. I do that. And uh, and I think that's where a lot of people are letting themselves down. Yeah, and I think like what, when you're talking about that kind of reflective imagination and like remembering and reflective sort of stuff, like that's been a, something that's been used in skill development for such a long time and it's like I yeah I think that's a really wonderful thing you can be doing um, which will help your skill not only for in the gym but like I use it for beach volleyball um, but yeah the really cool thing is not only can you get like improvements in skill development the frequency really matters if you can be sort of reflecting more often it has better results um, but the what I think is just amazing is that you can also get like physical strength maintenance like yeah. muscle size and muscle strength so yeah, yeah absolutely all right let's have a look at some of these uh comments and questions here we answered this one yesterday didn't we this tms tension yeah yeah that one was answered yeah did we answer this one graham ricketts uh, so i haven't been on the yeah, show for a little while so yeah you have can. a little look through here so um oh yep so we got Dr. Phil, and I've cleared that up for you, Dr. Phil. So thanks for the, <laughs> thanks for the comment. Laser physics, that is a badass PhD. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Man, this this is the dude that when uh, when the jet fighters um, start shooting lasers at uh, at people, he's going to be the one to thank for that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so what I might do is just uh, read out uh, Mike Ruiz. Ruiz, I hope that pronouncing that okay. Uh, and he said, this is uh, hitting me at the right time, going through a transition in my life where I feel like I'm starting to create an identity around my injury. Even though I've studied a lot of uh, psychology and neuroplasticity in the realm of personal achievement and growth, I'm only starting to understand how, when it uh, comes to pain. Just finished a book called A Guide to Better Movement that specifically talks about pain science and now I've come across your pain series. It's, ex it's honestly exactly what I needed to hear. It, it's confirming my ability to get back to 100% without surgery. Don't worry, I made an informed decision of not getting surgery from uh, deliberate consultations and, and research. Uh, but I do appreciate, appreciate this series and although some people might not have pain now, it does hit. This is a great series that will have great evergreen content they can access anytime. Thanks, guys. Thank awesome. you, Mike. That's uh, really cool to see that you've been enjoying the shows that I haven't been on. Um, hopefully you uh... <laughs> Yeah, he's just unsubscribed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, now the rides back are stuff this. Yeah. Um, uh, no, that's awesome. Thanks, Yeah, man. and he's also done another comment uh, on the one where uh, Yanni talks about getting chiropractic um, treatments as spinal masturbation. Uh, and he says it's okay to do it as masturbation, but it's not okay to do it if you think it's solving a problem. Uh, that put everything in perspective for me. Listen to the whole thing. Very informative content. Keep it up, guys. Thanks, Mike. Awesome. Um, yeah. Thanks again. Thanks again. 
Uh, and someone else is saying, Cameron the Macaroon on our story is saying, cannot wait for this. See you guys in March to our, I did a story about the fitness FAQs and Simon's the strength workshop. So thank you for that. Thanks for that awesome comment. Yeah. Um, <coughs> We're so, about to wrap this up. If there's anyone who wants to get anything in the live <coughs> comments, we've got a few more minutes if anyone needs it, but we're about to wrap it up. So get in Yeah, there look, quick. thanks. Um, I think, I mean, looking at um, how many people are on here today. Yeah. Thanks thanks so much for watching, everybody. As always, if you've got any questions about any of this stuff, uh, put it in the comments um, for the video and hopefully we can answer them for you tomorrow. And um, yeah, I think that's it. So... Um, we will see you tomorrow. What are we talking about tomorrow, Phil? Uh, we are doing the tactics, uh, strategies for uh, training through pain. So we're going to be talking about pacing. Um, and there's a few Is that other you, little... Yanni? You're going to be on that for that? Probably, yeah. Yeah, I think. So yeah. it'll probably be Yanni and Phil again. Yeah. Um, so awesome, guys. Yeah. Thanks so much. Uh, yeah, and if you have got this far, please uh, hit the like button. Um, we usually get about 10%, so let's try and beat that 10% <laughs> number so you can be the difference. Hit the like button. Uh, and please subscribe to the podcast and leave a review, even if you don't end up, if you like listening to it on YouTube. Uh, hit, give us a review on our podcast. That would make a huge five difference. Five-star review. Five yeah, five-star review, yeah, five please. Star review. <laughs> yeah. Or as Yanni says, um, in the... Five-star review or yeah. no crew. <laughs> <laughs> Yanni's right, saying five-star review or no crew. So, yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Have a wonderful day, and we will see you tomorrow. Health is about performance, not just body image. You better be willing to accept what you're going to have to do to get there. We'll start focusing on movement goals, strength goals, flexibility goals. When you nail that skill, it's there forever. The body image goal doesn't get you that far. It's the consistency and frequency that's going to get you there. It's not the intensity. There's no shortcuts to mastery and movement. Destination doesn't change overnight, but your direction will. The gym is not the place to beat up the body that you hate. It's the place to build the body that you love. We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not just body image.